Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, coming up this hour, we do have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. We're doing that again? <laughs> uh, every every week. Every, every week, Dan. Tip of the Week. Oh, you know you're prepared. Stop toying with me. Well, all of today's guests are passionate about protecting the Constitution, and I chose the theme, the Constitution's curtain call at the conventions, because for me, after watching both the Republican and the Democratic conventions, I feel like both parties like to just kind of parade the Constitution out, but they don't love it, and they don't truly rely on it. They don't protect it like our, our guests do, the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they treat our Constitution like an abused circus animal. They bring it out when it benefits them, and then they shove it back in a dark cage until they need an audience again. And so they, they brought it out and they let it take a little bow this past couple of weeks, and then back in its cage it goes. So a curtain call. Not to honor the Constitution, but to bolster the credibility of the person who's pretending to value it. And so our our next guest, Frank Miniter, he is an author and contributor to Forbes magazine. And he recently wrote an article about Operation Choke Point. So welcome to the show, Frank. Yeah, good to be here again. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad to have you. And so, you know, Operation Choke Point, that, that sounds pretty constitutional, right? Nothing wrong with that program. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, and this is a controversial one, but it didn't really reach uh, a lot of America because, well, people found it boring and the, the, um, a lot of the media found it to be anti-Obama administration because what the Obama administration was doing through the Department of Justice was they created a list of politically incorrect companies that they then went through the FDIC list to threaten uh, financial institutions, banks predominantly, uh, not to do business with these politically incorrect uh, corporations, companies, um, and those happen to include uh, gun stores, gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers. Um, a lot of those gun stores and so on actually had their banking, I mean, decades-long banking relationships canceled because these financial institutions were afraid to still continue to do business with these politically incorrect companies for the fear that the federal government was going to come and find them and uh, harass them and do all the things they could pull licensing from them, do all the things they can do to them. So it made it very difficult for uh, gun stores, gun manufacturers, so on, to continue financing their operations, uh, which is just a normal business practice. So here we had legal businesses, banking, uh, long-term banking relationships being destroyed for political reasons. That's what Operation Choke Point was. And so your article that I'm referring to uh, was published in Forbes on July 25th, and it's titled, How Anti-Gun Ideology is Cutting Off Money from Legal Businesses. And that is what we're talking about. It is still legal in this country for Dan and I to own a company called azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. See what yeah, I did there? Yeah, and Frank, <laughs> Frank, we uh, we were with a bank, but I don't want to say the name, but we were chased out, <laughs> okay, by them for that. So Yeah, it was the same thing. I mean, what you're talking about is one day we had a perfectly normal uh, relationship. It was, hey, Dan, how's it going? When, when Dan walked in the door and it was like somebody flipped a switch overnight and then suddenly he was treated, you know, kind of um, they forced us with out. suspicion. Right. And there was a bunch of forms to fill out every time he made a deposit. And it's like, look, we've been in business for 10 years. It's the same kind of deposits I make every single time. And there was all kinds of excuses about why, you know, things were changed. But uh, we were feeling like crazy people, Frank. And Yeah, where's the due process? Where were you taken to court and shown that you did something illegal for them to attack your banking privilege practices? 
Well, they were even aware that we went through a year and a quarter uh, audit with the IRS, which we were cleared completely on during that time. And it's like they just kept on. They just wouldn't let us go. But we're with a nice small uh, credit union right now that treats us like gold. So hopefully that switch doesn't get flicked off soon. Yeah. So. As a journalist, what's driven me crazy about this, a lot of small gun stores have been willing to talk about what's happened to them, like your experience. But the larger gun manufacturers and ammunition makers and this kind of thing, um, and this isn't just this industry, but other industries, they will not talk about things like this because they're afraid of the politics. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid of dealing with having the ETF or the IRS or whatever, um, come and audit them or go back into their back rooms and find something um, and so on. They don't want to tick those, those bureaucracies off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very infuriating as a reporter because they just—you wish they'd speak out. You know, let's make this a story, but you can't quote them. You have to say, you know, sources tell me instead of actually quoting somebody. Well, after you've been audited for a year and a quarter, and then you <laughs> have the banks do that, I'm afraid. Right. No, we're not the—we're not the biggest store in in Arizona, but we're—we're we're a store that's important to us, and it's very scary when they do that. Well, and you know that you can be targeted. And when you talk to normal people you, and we say these kinds of phrases and, and we talk about, yeah, our bank just all of a sudden doesn't want our business. We sound like lunatics. And so that went on for a couple of months until finally I heard a news story where somebody put a name to it and the name was Operation Chokepoint. And where did that come from? Who named it that? that that's at the Department of Justice. Um, that was their term and, and their list. Um, you know, they were finally reined in partially in 2014. It's still ongoing, but partially reined in in 2014. And there have been congressional hearings, and uh, they've admitted uh, a lot of the wrongdoing, and there's been a lot of politics about it. But again, it just hasn't reached a lot of uh, mainstream America because it's banking, it's boring, and it's pro-gun. It's, it's gun companies and manufacturers and, and stores being attacked, which isn't sexy for the mainstream media. Well, and the other thing is that the reason that it should t- kind of terrify, if not infuriate, every American is because if they can take an industry like the firearms industry, and I think we've been chosen because we're kind of easy to vilify, right? Because we're the purveyors of death and, you know, all these kinds of negative terms that they can attach to us. So if they can vilify us and they can can do this uh, choke point where they're choking off funds because money is the lifeblood of any business, then what's to stop them from coming to your little pottery shop, right? Maybe right. the EPA needs to... Go ahead. Yeah, they'll keep reaching. And if you look at the list, for even for, for this program at the, uh, the Department of Justice, they, they went after online gambling, uh, legal businesses, but online gambling businesses. They went after fireworks companies and, and all sorts of other companies that just are, are politically just enough outside... Uh, the mainstream that they feel they could attack for these reasons mm-hmm. um, that are not pro the, the 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 Democratic Party that's in power right now that that it started this. I mean, this is an bomb administration uh, program out of the Department of Justice. Um, so you know they see these kinds of things and they say, "I can go after these." And you're right. What's next? Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody should be concerned. Don't just look at the thing that's in front of you. Look at the reverberating effects of it. Uh, you know, even if you're not a, a pro-gun person, you should still be concerned about if they can do it to the guns, they can do it to anything because we are a legal entity, a legal operating entity. Um, so I want to talk about you for a minute because you have a lot of irons and a lot of fires. Um, you know, you write for not only Forbes, but I could just probably talk for an hour about all the different places that you write. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's what's been going on with you? Yeah, the Americans First Freedom is someplace I have two columns a week, so I'm constantly there. And interesting, I, I compared, it'll be a column on Monday, I compared the platforms from the DNC and the RNC um, on guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, this is the first time that I've seen in my lifetime where it's just been so starkly clear uh, of the differences in the two-party platforms on this. They, they put it in writing. Usually it's hidden behind a lot of lawyer language and so on to, to make it uh, seem like something else. Um, but this time they didn't really do that very much. They really made it plain that they are coming after your guns, and, and they will take away the Second Amendment via the Supreme Court. It, it's, it's all right in those platforms. So I got into that. But I write for a lot of places. You're exactly right. And I have another book coming out this fall and so on. I think you have to stay busy. There's so much going on, and it's, it's fun to do it. What's your new book called? Are you allowed to tell us yet? Yeah, it's called This Will Make a Man of You, and it, it's fun. I, I actually chased Hemingway from Paris to Pamplona. 
Uh, so I ran with the bulls and all that kind of stuff oh, wow. uh, many times. And, and while I did that whole thing, I'm questioning what makes a man. What's this rite of passage, uh, this old school rite of passage? Where did it come from and what is it? And what makes us into the, the best kind of people we possibly can be? And why are we pushing ourselves this way? So it, it's all in there. And, and, and it's interesting to get into those circles that pe- of people who like to go to Pamplona and run with those bulls year after year. And why do they go back? You know, why do they continue to put themselves in harm's way and do that? And the answers are pretty intriguing. Absolutely. And then another book that, that you wrote is called The Future of the Gun. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, you know, politics and technology uh, with regards to guns really coincide. Those, those two, two things go step by step together. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that, the way firearms technology owned by the military and owned by the citizens, usually driven by private industry, have really been one and the same throughout American history, from the American long rifle all the way to today's AR-15 slash, you know, the M-16 used by the military, or M-4. Um, they've always been the same. The technology is driven the same way, and the politics has followed those along the same kind of way. Um, so I, looking at that and, and tracing that history with a lot of interesting people, and then saying, okay, where where's this going? Where are we headed now? I mean, is the smart gun technology, is that real? Is that good someplace we're going. What's with bullet technology? Where's that going? And where's the politics of all this as we go forward? So that's the, those are the big questions uh, I really tried to answer in that book. Well, it's excellent. Um, you and I got to meet in Pennsylvania a month or so ago, and, and I got the book then, and it's really, really interesting, good reading. And uh, so just before we wrap up again, I want to you know tell people that the, the reason we had you on today is about the Forbes article that you wrote from uh, July 25th called How Anti-Gun Ideology is Cutting Off the Money from Legal Businesses. And how do you, how do you think things are going to play out, uh, Frank, as we're moving th- into November? How do you see things playing out based on the gun vote? You know, it's stark, and it's, it's going to be, it's either, it's either Trump or, or Hillary Clinton. And uh, if it's Hillary Clinton, uh, you're, you'll, you'll lose your guns. Um, there, she is going to put Supreme Court nominees in place uh, who will vote against the Second Amendment. That, that isn't, I'm not speculating. If you look at the Heller decision, McDonald decision, and look at the minority opinions, because those were uh, pro-gun 5-4 decisions, look at the minority opinions, it's just very clear. They're just waiting, salivating, looking for the chance to have majority on that court again to take away the Second Amendment uh, out of our Bill of Rights. So it's just clear where that's going. Um, but who wins, Trump or Hillary? I, I, I think Trump can pull it out. Um, and I, I'm a conservative who hasn't always been a Trump supporter. But on this issue, certainly, I think he's, he's solid. Um, and I, I think we have to vote for him if you do care about our Second Amendment. No, I couldn't have said it better. Well, Frank, thank you so much. I look forward to having you on again in the future. Oh, anytime. All right. Bye now. All right. Well, stick around because coming up, we have a young lady named Regis Giles who created a website called Girls Just Want to Have Guns. She's a leading voice for the Second Amendment rights, self-defense and conservation. Stick around. You'll want to meet her. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband 
husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And Cheryl, you know, we just had our last guest, Frank Miniter, and um, he, he scared me. He scared said, you? He said, Hillary is going to take our guns away from us. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's look at that. You know, I hear friends that say, well, he'll never take, she'll, he'll, she'll never take <laughs> my guns away. Right. And... And I look at that and I go, wouldn't it be so much easier just to vote for Trump and get rid of Hillary than it would be to say, come after my guns? You know, let's just vote her out. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have to deal with this. I mean, it's very scary because those are a lot of people that aren't going to, they might give up some guns, but they're not going to give up all their guns. And then I look at the crime and all the things that would happen in Hillary's world. Mm-hmm. You know, if Hillary is so much wanting to get rid of our guns and live in an environment that doesn't have guns why don't she just move to australia Mm. they don't have guns there you know that's the thing i think that that keeps kind of floating around in my mind it's like if you don't like america the way that america is there's an entire planet out there why would you try to turn america into a version of systems that have shown us through history that are not in the best interest of you, the citizen. Why would you do that? Because she can control. And she's at a point right now where she is almost in control. Right, but I'm talking about the citizens. I'm talking to the you and me, the people sitting at home right now, driving in their car right now, doing their laundry right now, whatever it is they're doing while they're listening to us. And they're going to go to the polls not just in November, but, but all the, the local elections that happen in between the big, splashy presidential ones. And, and you walk up to the, to the booth. Have you done your research? I don't think most of us do. I think we're so busy well, you know, that we, you know, driving to and from here and, and taking care of our families and everything else that we don't spend the time doing the research like our first guest in the in the first hour Michael Meharry in the 10th Amendment Center he's got a great website go there you can learn a ton of stuff the 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 Google machine right is there the Google the Google uh, we have so much information available to us at at the flick of a switch nowadays but here's the trick of it you can't just take it at face value because the the powers that be, the manipulators, right. the advocates for this thing or that thing, they know that you're going to go to the Google machine and they're going to camouflage and disguise the information inside of an infomercial. And how do you know that? That takes right. even more research. So what you do is you listen and you hear, and then when something sparks your interest, then you research. And you don't just research with... Uh, Google, you, you find out, you talk to people, everything else. The thing is, okay, I am a, I am a one-issue guy. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a Second Amendment right is it. Mm-hmm. That is, I, you know, if you want to do something with the schools, if you want to do something about food, all these things, that's okay. About I'll, food? I'll, Help I'll, me out there. I'll vote whatever <laughs> issues, whatever issues. Oh, okay. You know, like can't have soda and you can't have oh. all these things. I, I'll deal with that on a I'll deal with that on a one-on-one basis, but don't take my core things away. Don't take the Constitution and the amendments away. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, I, I have I, I I know some radio hosts that talk about politics all the time, and they're always saying I can't vote for Trump because of blah 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 blah. But I hate Hillary, so I'm not going to vote for either one of them. And I'm going well. Wait a minute. You guys like guns, right? Mm-hmm. You like guns. You hear that Hillary Clinton, 
She says it in her own voice. This is not a Google. This is not something. This is her voice saying, I want the same laws that Australia has. I want to work off of what Australia is doing. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so common sense says I can either vote for Hillary or vote for Clinton or don't vote at all. Mm -hmm. It's a known fact. If you don't vote for either one of them, it's a vote for Hillary. Mm -hmm. So we have to decide, okay, Trump is not perfect. But one thing Trump is, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. All of those corporations, all of those businesses that he's done, mm-hmm. he didn't do it himself. He had his people that he selected do the job for him. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that and say, okay, well, he's a good leader. Mm-hmm. He may not be 100% ethical. I don't know. They say he lies. I don't know. I can't. You know, people say a lot of stuff. Well, when a person comes on national TV and says, I'm going to take your guns away. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing anything else? Why are, it's, it's a no-brainer. you got to vote for Trump. Well, and it is, it is a tough one for people that feel like they can't vote for Trump or, or Hillary because they want to vote for a third candidate, a third party. And I say, you know what? If there's enough Americans out there that want a third party, well, then God bless you. Right. But right now, between now and November... I don't know that it's reasonable to think that that is going to happen. I think we need to pay closer attention to our local um, elections. And, you know, if you love the idea of an independent party or a green party, or I don't know what other uh, viable parties there are out there, tea party, I suppose, then do your groundwork. In between the big elections, don't wait until it's zero hour and then start telling me how it's not fair that we don't have a third party candidate or, you know, that maybe they're viable if people would cast their votes. I, I, and I'm not a scholar. I'm not a scholar. So don't take my word for it. Go and research it. Look it up for yourself. If you think that that's really a viable way to go this time and you think that your third party candidate is also going to have a chance at winning and support your second amendment rights. Well, you got to go with that then. Well, I'm not a mathematician. I can't even say it. I'm not, (laughs) but I would, I would think that unless you have a politician that has a third of the votes, then there's not a chance, right? You'd have to have a third. There's, if there was three people running, they would have to be up there in the top Mm -hmm. three or, you you know, you're going to be voting for, Hillary, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I kind of went on a rant there because I'm really afraid. I am afraid that we're going to lose a right. She said she's going to modify our Second Amendment. You know what, and I understand that feeling of fear and being afraid, but I don't want, I don't want us to be afraid. I want us to be informed. I want us to be empowered. Right. I want us to, to make the best decision we can with our votes all the time, every time, And I want us to be able to talk to whatever circles of influence that we have and be able to engage in debate and engage in conversation where it doesn't just boil down into this emotional, you know, Chernobyl that constantly happens. Because you know who that benefits? That benefits the two people you say you don't want to vote for. It benefits Trump and it benefits Hillary Clinton. It's so hard to beat the free voter, the voter that thinks he's going to get things or he, she's going to get things for free. Oh, like free college. Free college. You know, uh, Hillary, they were saying, one of her staff were saying, or she was saying that they want to make it where you don't have to pay for college. If you're medium income, you don't have to pay for college and that you will get your debt taken away if you have a college debt. And I'm thinking, who's going to pay for this? You know, you can get things for free, but how free will you be once you get those things? Well, and it's not free because someone has to pay for it. Someone paid for it. And, you know, if you just want to keep it in your mind that freedom isn't free, someone has to pay. Someone paid the price. Over generation after generation, someone showed up, someone put their life on the line, someone inconvenienced is the, the, the most mild way you could say it their entire family unit to be gone for months on end and to be in places unknown. And, you know, somebody has done that. 
so that you, whoever you are that might be listening, can burn a flag in front of the Democratic National Convention. Someone, someone did that so that you have the right. How is that even a right? I don't know. Let, let me but just the, the freedom to do that. So you know, don't don't hear the word free and think that it doesn't cost someone something somewhere. Right. Let's. I'm a, one more rant here, real quick. Okay. The young people, some of the older people. Get off your butt, go to work, do like your grandma and your grandpa did, and make this country great again by voting and getting off your butt and going to work. Did you just use Trump's phrase, make this country great again? Well. Did you do that on purpose? I, I heard Hillary say it's already great. And we are, we are that's misinformed. We are, mm-hmm. We're not as great as we were. Mm-hmm. Well, and think ahead. A generation or two right. from now, where are we going to be? Right. Are we are we going to be? Are we now what our founding fathers hoped for? What they right. turned their lives upside down for? You know, there even people that there's people out there that can't work. I understand that there's some that just can't work, but the people that can work do something. There's something to do to help contribute, mm-hmm. help pay taxes, help do your job, and help. Give yourself some, um, um, I don't know what the word is, but make, your feel, make yourself feel worthwhile and good mm-hmm. that you are putting a piece into this. So mm-hmm. get off your butt. <laughs> if, if you're on your butt, because not everybody's just sitting there on their butt. A lot of people are no. working really hard like we are. They are. Um, and, and, absolutely. And you know what? I, I work hard. I work a lot of hours, but I'm very proud of what I do. And I know that I'm not... Um, and you're a great, somebody. you know what you are? You're a great example for our daughter and for our granddaughter. Um, so I, I am, I'm proud of you too. So Thank you. Um, those of you who are listening that are saying, wait a minute, I thought we were going to get to hear uh, from Regis Giles of Girls Just Want to Have Guns. Well, we, uh, we had a confusion with the, the time, the time frame. And so we're going to reschedule her and uh, get her on in the next couple of weeks because she is really a, just an awesome young lady. Talk about the next generation. I mean, she she understands and values what this country is, what it can be, what it should be, and she gives me she gives me encouragement and hope that you know the the whole millennial or what's the next one Generation X. I don't know what the the different ones are out there, but that not everybody is you know lost on on what America was formed to be and that we really are the last best hope for the world. People do crazy things to get here, to stand on our soil. Let's not pull the rug out from under them with a trick and say, oh, guess what? We're socialists too, right? So, all right. Well, enough of our little rant. Uh, We are going to run to commercial. And when we come back, We are so excited to be able to introduce you to Captain Clay Higgins. He is known as one of the toughest sheriffs, toughest law officers in America. And he'll tell you to get off your butt and go to work. (laughs) Yeah, he will. All right, stick around. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. 
Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I'd like to... uh, We are so excited to bring on our next guest. And uh, I I messed Dan up because I I was going to play a clip of of Captain Clay Higgins, but I really want to dive right in and and just talk to him. He did this amazing uh, video uh, called America United. And he kind of uses the words, if if you can't just listen to reason, if you've got so much hate in your heart that you can't even listen to reason, then step aside, child, and let the adults work. And I just, I love that. Are you with us, Captain Higgins? I surely am, and I'm, I'm I'm working with a wonderful adult right now, Miss Cheryl. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, and my husband Dan is is my co-host here, and uh, we are just excited. I mean, you have become one of the nation's most influential uh, officers, and you speak regularly to law enforcement agencies across America, and and we love that you are a strong advocate for what you call the sacred oath of the badge. It, it's so awesome to see somebody who stands for something. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm I'm very humbled by that by that reference uh, that you just gave me. It, it it is something that I'm passionate about, and and I do speak regularly across the country on on issues that challenge us as you know law enforcement in America today. And the landscape has become filled with with insidious forces that that would divide us, whereby we may be controlled, and and you know. Cheryl and, and Dan serve the this the duty of wearing a badge is is sacred in my opinion because the documents that it represents is sacred. You know mm-hmm. if you wear a badge your job begins with an oath. And and that oath is not to a sheriff or a chief or a marshal. Mm-hmm. It's to the constitutional principles engraved upon every badge. And if you think about it to be a police officer, to be professional law enforcement in America, the, the responsibility is so heavy because we we represent the most extreme restrictions of freedom in the land of the free. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, you know, because the responsibility is so great, the, the, the duty becomes sacred in a in a country like ours, which is woven of every conceivable thread of ideology, and and you know, it, I am I am a humble spokesman for what I believe to be right, and I appreciate you having me on the air. Today. Well, it's incredible for us because um, you know when I listen to the videos that you you put out there, I I say you have this incredible strength that I think is so missing. You know, it's like instead of there being this true deep running strength we have to have yelling voices that sound angry but you have this deep strength but then you have this softness towards your you call people brother and sister you talk about love all the time and and you are inclusive of every race color and creed and i think that that's such an important and wonderful voice to have out there well thank you for that you know, my opinion, I, I don't know how we allow ourselves to, to be divided along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm the seventh of eight children, and my family reflects every shade of ideology that one could imagine. Mm. And, and, and yet we gather, you know, we gather as one we, with love and respect for each other. And, and yes, we have 
We have healthy debate. No, we don't always agree, but we always agree on our love and respect for each other. My family is reflective of the American family, and I'm quite sure reflective of yours and the families of your listeners. So it makes zero sense that we've allowed ourselves to become convinced that we can't get along as a nation because of because of variances in ideology or creed or color, ethnicity or economic background or social strata or, or, or you know, sexual preferences. These, every family, if, I imagine if every family, every one of your listeners thinks carefully about their family, they'll have to agree that their family reflects every potential shade of everything that's out there. And yet we love and respect each other as family. And that's how I believe the American family should be. This is where where Washington has become gridlocked. And now there's certainly evil forces in the world. They're to be identified and destroyed. You know, I'm not I'm not the uh, I'm not a ideologue pacifist. Right. I understand that I understand that there's that there's evil in the world, but the but the evil is not as pervasive as, as the controlling forces would have us believe. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 struck by the by the oneness of us all as I travel the country, and you know what's really been uplifting to me, ma'am, hmm. as I've as I've sort of been on this journey for the last year and a half or so. What's that? Is that Americans all seem to want the same thing? They, none of us expect to have representatives, have elected representatives that we agree with 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. None of us even expect that. Mm-hmm. You know what, what every American seems to be looking for? Mm-hmm. Just a truthful soul, a man or a woman that speaks from their heart, a, a representative that doesn't have to you know, form a committee to, make, to have an opinion <laughs> or, 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 or take a poll to, to know what their posture is on an issue. Oh. What we're looking for is, is a man or woman who speaks from their heart, and, and thus that's the truth as they've come to see it after careful consideration and prayerful consideration, Mm -hmm. they've come to their conclusions. And what's wrong with that? Even if it differs from ours, Mm -hmm. even if their opinion is different from ours on how they envision, you know, some solution to some issue should unfold. If it's an honest opinion, they're not just regurgitating talking points from some, you know, from some ideologue that they follow online or something like that. Then, then it's, then it's a truthful, they're truthful spokesmen. This is why Bernie was so popular and why Trump is doing so well and will win the presidency. Because okay. America is, is hungry for, for Americans that, that speak from their heart. Yes. Captain Higgins, I... This is what I hope to deliver. I was, yes, in, I was introduced to your videos yesterday by Cheryl, and I was very well moved by them. And I understand that you're seeking to be a, a congressman and... And I can tell just by the little bit that I heard you on the videos that you are a man of your word and you're going to make changes and you're going to keep what's in your heart in your heart and not let it stray. And I really appreciate that and wish you the best of luck. But you said, I I told Cheryl, I said, so he's running for Congress and she corrected me. Could you explain that? The word running you don't particularly care for. I I don't. Yeah, I'm not running. I don't run. I'm, I consider myself responding to a call to patriotic service. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a veteran. I served my country honorably as a military police officer, and I've been a, a street cop for 13 years now. SWAT wow. 12. I, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a call to duty guy. And recently in my life, I I resigned from from my, the position that I had worked so hard to attain. I resigned as a matter of principle, and, and during that time frame, you know, I was very prayerful, my wife and I, about, you know, what exactly did God intend for me to do, mm-hmm. and what was, you know, what was on my path, because I've learned in my life, I'll be 55 next month, I've learned that the Lord will, will, will close one door, but he'll open a larger one, but you have to be receptive to it, you have mm-hmm. to you have to be aware, man, and, and you have to you have to go to bended knee, and you have to open your heart and your spirit, and and your and your mind, and and be receptive to what to, to the path that the Lord has prepared for you. And it was during that time that uh, that in the early weeks of, of 
March of this year, Ms. Cheryl, Mr. Dan, I received so many thousands and thousands of messages, heartfelt messages, pleas from the American people begging me to run for federal office and imploring me to, to bring what they perceived as, as, as appropriate character and work ethic and constitutionally sound, service-oriented beliefs to Washington. And so I just received so many thousands of these messages, and, and it just blew me away. You know, my, my wife and I were, I had never in my life envisioned that perhaps one day I could serve at that level. I just I was never a politician, never intended to be. Mm-hmm. And yet here was this call to duty. And, and some of those supporters of the many thousands were, were within the political realm. Mm. They, 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 lived, they were in D.C. and Baton Rouge, the capital of Louisiana. And they, they reached out to me personally. They devised a plan. They, they, they said, Captain Higgins, we want to present you with a plan that we believe we can get you to Washington. And it asked for nothing in exchange. They, were just, they just wanted me and what, what, I, what I hope that I stand for, which is compassionate, constitutionally sound, dedicated, patriotic service. Wow. They wanted that in Washington, embodied in the form of me. Besides and our prayers, Captain, what I, I can... I said yes. I'm sorry. Besides our prayers, what can our guests do, our listeners do, to help you make that goal? Well, my, my campaign website is CaptainHiggins.com. Very simple. CaptainHiggins.com. They can, they, can, uh, they can register their email address online as a supporter. They can donate online. I have to tell you that the only thing I've asked for is love and prayer. Mm. Uh, I've been, I worked very, very hard. I, I, you know, one, I'm a, I'm a working guy, man. Mm-hmm. Once I decided that I was doing this and at my announcement to explain That's the original question, Dan, I said, I'm not running. I'm, I don't run from things. I'm descending. <laughs> I'm descending into the belly of the beast, into the heart of the Leviathan that has become our federal government. Mm. And and I consider myself on a mission of that nature, and I've and I haven't asked for any money from anyone. Um, there's, of course, on my Facebook page and my website, there's there's invitations to uh, donate with ten dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, and let me tell you, thus far we've we've pretty much financed my entire campaign on ten and fifteen, twenty-five, fifty-dollar donations from from thousands and thousands of American patriots across the country because I, I told my people early on that, that if I'm going to do this, that my campaign is going to reflect what I believe government should be, a small, efficient, and conservative. I love we, that. And, and that's, that's how we're doing it. I've spent far less money than the other Americans that are running for this the same seat, and yet we're now, you know, we're now essentially leading in the polls. We, and, you know, we're going to win this thing. We're going to win this thing, and we're going to win it soundly. And my campaign model is going to be exam- an example of how a working-class American can, can stand up and, and, and speak his mind and, and, and espouse constitutional values and compassionate Christian values, and that the American people will respond. I love that. Well, sir, thank you for your service, and we will definitely be praying for the future of your service to this country. Thank you, Cheryl and Dan. I have one charitable venture that I'd like to mention, if I if I may. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm I'm always involved in something, and uh, on August the thirteenth, two weeks from today, I'm boxing for charity. <laughs> and I can, you're boxing? Oh, my goodness. Boxing, okay. Or not, in the middle of a congressional campaign. I love it. Political people think it's completely nuts. But, um, <laughs> That's why it's you know, brilliant. It's the kind of thing that, that well, listen, I, this, it seemed like a great idea six months ago. And it seemed like a terrible idea now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> boxing this really tough guy. It's like a U.S. you know, boxing sanctioned amateur bout, man, three rounds. 
of real boxing Ooh. on August the 13th in Monroe, Louisiana. Love at it. the Battle of the Badgers. So I'll ask your listeners to please send out a humble prayer to St. Michael to protect my old body. From from the from the pummeling, I'm liable to receive. I think the other guy is going to need the prayers. To be honest with you. I absolutely love that. All right, well, give us your website again, and then we've got to run. Okay, Cheryl, it's uh, CaptainHiggins.com, and God bless you, ma'am. Cheryl, Dan, thank you, sir, and uh, God bless your audience in America as well. Thank you, thank Captain you. Higgins. God bless you. All right. Well, stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. It might be he's he shouldn't be boxing. I think that's going to be his, that he himself shouldn't be boxing. Right, Dan? I, I know I'm not going to be boxing. <laughs> All right. Stick around. More to come. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Dan, you're looking at me. I just want to say it's it's getting bigger, too. A lot of, lot of guns have been coming in. They have been coming in. You know what? Do you want to do your tip of the week first? No. No? I don't know what I'm going to do yet, so go ahead. <laughs> yes, you do, and it ties in with what you just said. We do have an awful lot of guns coming in, but we'll, we'll put that on the side burner, and we'll, we'll go to, um, you know, the other thing that I love to do on this show. There's so many things. The fact that we get to talk to amazing people, all right? We had Michael Meharry. He's with the Tenth Amendment Center. This guy, like, he is so laser-focused on the Constitution, we can learn so much from people like him because we don't all have the time that, that you know, he, this is his, his life's work. He, he devotes it to learning about the Constitution and teaching others. Well, we don't have the time, to, all of us, to do that. So we can lean on people that have spent their, their life doing that, right? It's almost like reverse school. You know, when we were kids, we never paid attention to that stuff in school and we get older now we want it. We yeah. want to learn and stuff because of the experiences we went through. Yeah. So maybe they should have school after your, <laughs> after your 25. Well, I think the difference is that, you know, it has context now. You know, when <coughs> you're in school and you're you relate to 12 it. years old or whatever, you know, you're just like, yeah, wah, wah, whatever. 1864. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really apply to your life. And so once it starts applying to your life, then you're trying to ke- play catch up. And you're like, wait a minute now. What was that thing they said about the Bill of Rights does what now? Speaking of relate to, how about these uh, our citizens reports? They relate to us in one way or another. Oh, our response to our yes. citizen report? Oh, right. absolutely. So why don't we um, get on that? Well, we will. But I was saying how, how exciting it is that we get to reach out to the people who come on as our guests and so, you know, of course, we had uh, Michael Meharry. We had uh, Frank Miniter, who 
thankfully is helping to get the word out about this Operation Choke Point, which is devised by our federal Department of Justice. Okay, now that what right there. What was his name? Eric Holder. When I saw Eric him speak at the at the DNC, I was like, oh my goodness, he just... Wait he, a minute, he spoke at this DNC? Yeah, yeah. What, I, did, what could he possibly speak about that we would need to hear? Well, that the Democratic Party likes him because maybe they don't know that he instituted something unconstitutional and wrong, like not only Operation Choke Point, but also Fast and Furious, where they let guns walk into Mexico. I mean, don't get me started. We don't have enough time. They didn't walk guns to Mexico. They ran them to Mexico. Well, they call it a gun walking rather than there's a reason that's not a gun running operation. Um, And then, of course, Captain Clay Higgins, who is the guest we just had on. Awesome guy, uh, godly man, uh, man of strength and character, running for Congress in Louisiana. Check him out. Um, do what you can to support him. He says he's just asking for a prayer, really. Um, but a few dollars tossed into uh, his campaign budget might not be a bad plan. I mean, we need reinforcements. I kept thinking that's the word. You know, he said he had encouragement from people in D.C. To, for him to to um, not run for Congress, but to um uh, intend to occupy a seat in Congress. And I thought, you know what? They want reinforcements. They want somebody that'll, that'll come up alongside them and help them to, to do the right things for America and not constantly just trade favors back and forth. But anyway, so yes. And then the other thing that I love doing on this show, of course, is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth. Justice and the American way. Well, you know, Dan, when a person has lived to the age of 75, you might think that, you know, maybe it's smooth sailing from there. I mean, at least we could wish for that, right? But danger loves to visit those that he thinks are weaker than he is. Danger loves to find those he can easily overpower and Danger sniffs out people who are the perfect combination that he seeks as prey, the elderly or those who are sick. Not only are they more easily beaten in a physical struggle, but they also have medications, legal narcotics that, are, that, that danger can steal and sell on the streets. This is becoming more prevalent in our headlines. People who danger targets because of an illness that they need medication for. But what we don't hear in the headlines is what Eleanor Ring did when danger paid her a visit recently. Danger expected to find a victim in this 75-year-old woman, Miss Eleanor. But instead, he found a strong, capable, and responsibly armed citizen who thanks her God and her gun for helping her to ward off danger on that frightening Sunday morning just a few weeks back. A Loris woman says two suspects barged into her home, handcuffed her family, and nearly beat her to death. Police reports say the woman shot one of the suspects. WMF News anchor Christelle Bell spoke with that woman and shares her story with us tonight. Christelle. Yeah, Michael, this elderly woman says she is thankful for her life and that her family was not hurt. She wants other elderly people that are required to take medicine to be aware of what has happened to her so it doesn't happen to them. Eleanor Ring says she was tased once on the leg, once on the side, and once up here. Beaten with a gun. At the butt of the gun, he just... And fearful for her life. Please don't kill us. When two suspects rushed in her Laura's home on Sunday and tried to rob her at gunpoint. Where's your pocketbook? Where's the pills? Ring says her neighbor who was at her home was severely beaten when he tried to stop the robbers. Another relative was handcuffed to a bed and Ring's nine-year-old foster daughter and granddaughter watched. They put the doors out and threw them over the bed while the kids were standing in the corner in the bedroom. According to the police report, there was a scuffle between one of the mass suspects and the neighbor, giving this 75-year-old grandmother seconds to make it to her bedroom. And just reached up and got my gun. And fight back. Already had it cocked. I said, we want to play with guns. When I shot him, he leaned up against the refrigerator 
and then run. Ring says this is the second time she has been a victim in her own home. She says about a year ago, robbers got in by disguising themselves as officers, tied her up and held a gun to her head, demanding money and prescription pills. Yeah, we live in fear. We used to sit out on the porch in the evening. We don't sit out there no more. So if anybody can hear this, this is a new phone. I'm not sure. What Days after it happened, Ring went on Facebook live but telling please, her friends no one deserves this. Everybody tried to get somebody to do something. We don't deserve this. And they come in your house and they handcuff you. Now this mother is just grateful she had the courage to fight back before it turned deadly. God was with me. God was with us all. He was watching over us. He can't stop things from happening. Things will happen. But he had my back. Well, Cheryl, did, did the guy die that she shot? I don't believe so. Okay, so now he gets some legal medication. That's what he went there for. Oh, my goodness. So he got what he wanted. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they're medicating him I, I right now. take on the world, Dan. It's well... There's a couple things that come awesome. to caution with me. First of all, thank God she was able to defend herself. What a mm -hmm. terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody should have to go through mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Okay? That, is, that is, is, is terrible. But we have to be careful, too, because the government wants to take guns away from people who use medication. Mm -hmm. And there are certain medications that, obviously, she was responsible with what she did. So, mm -hmm. um, anyway, to the, the burglars, you got your medication. Okay? <laughs> so Is that your tip of the week? No. No? All right. Well, let's hear Dan's tip of the week. Do I have time for a tip of the week? Yeah, just a couple minutes. Okay. Well, you know, it brings back, we went to California for 4th of July, and uh, right after when we're leaving on the 5th, they announced some uh, new gun laws, and, you know, we went there to celebrate our independence, mm -hmm. but yet... California does the opposite. They take away our independence when they ban the high cap magazines and things like that. You're really going after ARs over there. Right. You can't. It's, it's crazy. You have to register the bullet uh, type uh, magazine release now. And just remember when they made you register your 50 caliber rifles there, bolt action, semi-automatic, they made everybody register them. And then right after they got done with registering them, they told everybody they either had to confiscate them, surrender them, or take them out of the state. And so what is your tip then? Are you talking to the people of California? I am talking to the people of California, and they need to vote. You need to raise uh, your voice and say no more. Mm -hmm. That's what we really need to do. I mean, I just met a gentleman. He's moving to California. He had a lifelong collection of guns. I mean, there was some beautiful mint pieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought them to the store, and I bought them because he's moving to California. His job transferred him there, and he has no choice other than putting them in storage. And he felt he couldn't enjoy them. So I felt really bad for the gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, we got some nice guns. But, you know, California is supposed to be another state, not another country. Mm -hmm. And the people there need to raise their voice it, there's a lot of gun owners in california mm -hmm. i mean we have a the the liberal gun owner um liberal gun club gun club mm -hmm. uh, they we just have to i think they're doing what they can do for sure but all right <clears throat> well we are out of time already it goes by so quickly so i just want to thank you for that tip dan uh always get out and vote locally is important not just nationally for the big uh, presidential elections. Uh, also want to thank our listeners, thank our guests, thank our tech crew here. Uh, we couldn't do what we do without you, and we appreciate all of you. And so until next time, pray for this nation of ours. Pray for our leaders. All of them? Yeah, even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. And we leave you with these thoughts from President Reagan. Our Founding Fathers, here in this country, brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since. 
evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.